You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And returning for the second time, I have got Joe Jones now. Joe and I, we're about to dive into some awesome topics, awesome hunt recaps, hear all about what he's been up to and how his season has gone since he's last been on the show. But before we dive into that, I got to let you guys know, I am still waiting for antlers to drop here. I found my first shed, but a lot of the bucks that I've been getting on camera are still holding. I had one buck that showed up, I think it was two nights ago, that only had one spike on one side. And so, I mean, it was a year and a half old buck and he hasn't fully dropped. Maybe the other side came off in a fight or he never grew it. But I had two, I think three other bucks actually this week that showed up on camera that all still had both sides. So hopefully they start dropping soon. I can get out there, look for some sheds, and I'm going to try to pick up some more shed hunting property because I've found a couple really awesome spots where I know the bucks like to hang out this time of year, especially. So fingers crossed that that all works out, but we're going to hop into this episode with Joe, hear what he's been up to and see what's on the agenda for 2023. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me again on the podcast is Joe Jones. Now, Joe came on before and we had a ton of fun talking. And when he reached out again, I was like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do another podcast because he's had some exciting hunts, a lot of success. I've been watching all your stuff, man. And it just seems like you guys are catching fish. You guys are killing animals and you're yeah. doing it with style. So uh, thanks for hopping on, man. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. So it's been great watching your journey as well. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild year for sure. I mean, you've had some unique hunts this year, which we're going to dive into. Uh, I want to hear all about bear hunting with hounds. That seems like a ton of fun. But for those that don't know, um, Joe's got social media pages, including YouTube. It's all the outdoors in color. And why don't you start out by sharing maybe a little bit about yourself if people didn't catch the first episode that you were on and uh, what all you do with the outdoors in color. Yeah, um, Joe Jones um, from Central North Carolina, um, just an avid outdoorsman, um, born and raised in the woods, and uh, come from a family of hunting. So um, I've caught that bug. Fishing, hunting is in my blood, and I've uh, been doing it all my life. And got kids that um, lucky enough to share that same passion. Um, I've got three kids, uh, seven, four, and eighteen months, and 
they are with me. Um, every time I can take them outside, whether it's fishing, hunting, hiking, exploring. Um, so I started outdoors in color just to kind of follow along with our adventures. Um, really want to inspire others to get outside um, and, and just documenting our adventures is what I do with Outdoors in Color. I do a lot of um, fishing, hunting content, um, some cooking content now since hunting's kind of slowed down. Um, and then, you know, fishing, it's warming up. So I'm starting to, you know, we went fishing actually last week and caught um, some crappy and bass and I was not expecting, but I'm getting that fishing itch now. Yeah, man, that, this is the time of year. I see a lot of people posting fishing pictures as well as shed hunting pictures, both of which I have yet to do. I'm like, it's been, it's yep. been so hit and miss here with weather. Like we've had the nastiest wind and rain lately. And then the past three days, it's been like 62, 63 and sunny. And I'm like, we're in the middle of February. This is normally like the coldest part of the year for us. I don't know what's going on. And it's giving us that false sense that spring is here. And I think we're probably going to get hit with something nasty before the end of February. Yeah. That's the way it happened was 20 degrees here uh, over the weekend. And it's been consistently 70 degrees. And, uh, you know, two, three, two or three days in a row, 70 degrees. I'm like, I right, we got to go out fishing. So picked up my, my, my oldest son from school, got some minnows. Got my four-year-old, my 18-month-old, we sat by a pond, caught some crappies, some bass. And then my actual four-year-old fell asleep in the car. And uh, he woke up while literally I was trying to get home and, and make dinner. He got mad that we didn't get to catch any fish. So I took him to another pond that was um, um, leaving the park that we fished at. And we didn't catch anything until my uh, my oldest son, he saw this bass um, just lurking in the, in the shallows. And it was I was surprised that this bass was in the shallows. It was probably a good three-pound bass. And I was casting at it. Nothing happened. And then I just did one last Hail Mary cast. And then wham, it was uh, – fight on and like a little zip code 33 four pound test and uh, my four-year-old had a blast throwing that one and it was it was uh awesome awesome time man that's cool we so just i'm ready uh, to do we we just got out on property um real close to my hunting land so this property i've got access to to hunt on has a big pond that's been stocked over the years with bass and crappie and bluegill and i've heard catfish Ooh. are in there but i've never actually caught a catfish out of it but i'm just pumped because my kids they've had very little interaction with fishing you know i've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old and we have gone and luckily they both caught fish but within minutes of catching their fish i look over and they have the all of the worms like we bought live night crawlers yeah on top of each other's head I mean, they're just like stacking them on each other's heads, just loving life. And I wasn't about to be like, hey, cut it out like we're fishing. I just want yeah. them to have the time of their lives now so that when they think about fishing, it's all positive memories. Yeah, but I think once they actually get out there and they're fighting fish, they're going to be hooked for sure. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. What a what has your season looked like, I guess? I'm assuming I know that North Carolina, really the whole East Coast and the Southeast seems to have pretty crazy hunting seasons or like very open hunting seasons, long seasons, a lot of a uh, lot of opportunity to continue to pursue game. Are you guys kind of wrapped up on all that stuff now? So now currently, so our D season starts second week of September, bow season. And then muzzleloader typically starts that last uh, 
week of October into the first week of November that rot, and then second week kicks in the gun season that runs till about uh, first of January. And then we do have some cities that offer urban archery. So if you're within those city limits, you have your own property, you have uh, land under permission, um, you can hunt deer from, I think it's January 14th to about middle of February. Um, so I think the season probably just ended over this weekend. So we have that. And um, I've recently, not recently, last few years have been uh, rabbit hunting with uh my barber he has about 12 to 15 beagles and five years ago i started hunting with him and it is absolutely addicting um sets those dogs out and they go to work and it's just uh it's really fun to like hear the dogs work and it's kind of like an art you got to figure out where the beagles are have jumped the rabbit you got to figure out where that rabbit's going to be if you've never rabbit hunted before once you've jumped a rabbit it's typically going to make that semi-circle, full circle, back to the same area you jump. So if you're hunting with several guys, you fan out. Um, once you hear that dogs, those dogs that bark um, go out, you kind of want to get in position. And then once you start hearing those hounds, um, the beagles come in closer, sit still and just wait, wait, wait. And the anticipation for that rabbit to come at, come can come at you at a million, a million miles an hour, can come at you slow. But when you you least expect it, it's there, and you either drill it or you miss pretty bad. Uh, so the banter hunting with the uh, I call him the OG rabbit crew. Uh, my barber's probably in his mid fifties, and he's got a couple buddies that go with um, that I go with. But um, we do that till the end of February. Um, do some squirrel hunting with the kids. We've done a couple hunts, unsuccessful. Um, but rabbit season is um, one of the things I like to do since that deer season ended, and then next is turkey season, which um haven't got my turkey first turkey yet so i'm still still trying to get that yeah man yeah turkey season it is wild to think that's right around the corner but dude we got to talk about rabbit hunting with beagles because watching your videos man i'm like that seems so much like so much fun i started rabbit hunting with my buddy he had one beagle bought a second one and then his first one ended up passing away i mean she was super old but watching those dogs work there's something about just watching dogs work period. I mean, like no matter what you're hunting, but watching those dogs just get after the rabbits is cool. And, uh, what, what kind of terrain are you guys hunting the rabbits in? Um, so we hunt majority of game lands, um, some private property, but it is just, um, old cutovers, thick, nasty briar country, um so wherever we'll, we'll check a map in the game lands and we will hunt blocks and blocks and blocks of wood um until we get tired of hunting um but we go every monday and the beagles just go straight in and it is just once you hear that certain bark there's a certain bark you know though you can hear a distinct bark of them trailing a rabbit or finding an old track and then once they jump it it is it's on you can just tell the difference the barks yeah, that's sweet. We with only hunting one dog, it's I mean, it's cool for sure. We're hunting brush piles. So like we'll walk around the properties that I've got access to and there's different spots where people have piled up trees over the year or branches that have fallen. And so we'll just send the dog in and the dog just crawls through that brush pile and all of a sudden it's like game on. You hear that bark yeah. and you're like, get ready, that rabbit's coming out. It could come out any direction. Um, but we kept talking about it this last weekend. It was the final weekend and we were talking about more beagles because he's like, dude, once you get like three or four beagles, it's, it's a whole different ball game. 
And I yeah. personally had never seen dogs circle or like, you know, make a rabbit do the big circle. We've gone back to the same brush yeah. pile later on and kicked the same rabbit out that we missed earlier. But uh, this time the rabbit ran across property lines. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, he it took off, man. I saw it. I didn't get a shot. He ran across the property line and he's like, oh man, lady will go over there. Like she can, like a dog can continue to pursue. And he's like, just yeah. wait right here. That rabbit will come back. And then sure enough, man, we see this rabbit coming back. And I think it saw us because it kind of cut the corner on this open field. It went from a tree line into the woods, but it cut the corner. And yeah. uh, we ended up chasing that thing down, man. Just like the dog stayed on the trail, kept going. And I'm like, I can only imagine how intense this would be if we had multiple dogs, you know, yeah, they, they could stay on the trail quicker. Probably when they hear the other ones barking, they get fired up. I, yeah, I want to do that at some point with a, a big pack of beagles. I think one of the, the coolest things, like I'm getting into, which we'll talk about bear hunting with hounds and, you know, hounds been in general, um, I know hounds and beagles are different, um, but the way my barber talks about his beagles, it's, you know, obviously their family, but there's something about their perfect, their line with the breeding. Um, like my barber, he, he will not sell his beagles because it's like a pride um, they take part in as far as perfecting that line. And, you know, they want to have that best beagle in the county or um, that can always strike up those, jump those rabbits. So it's, it's a huge pride for them to um, have those dogs work. And I didn't realize, like, he's like, I was like, do you ever sell your dogs? I was like, no, I don't want anyone else to have my line. I'm like, okay. Like, so it's, it's, it's intense um, when they um, have their own beagles. I didn't realize um, there was um, so much respect in that, that part. Yeah. Well, there goes my next question of if he's willing to sell me any beagles. Cause uh, I told my buddy, we, me, him and his, his friend that came out, we were all talking. We're like, all right, listen, if we all get a beagle or maybe we all get two beagles, like we could have six beagles running out here next season. Like that would be amazing. So since you're at, I, since you're at a state, I think that point is irrelevant. Cause it's like, he doesn't want that line to be out in North Carolina. Like obviously, if you think about it in a competition wise, if you've, if other hunters have really good dogs and you're hunting the same areas, hunting the same game lands, they're going to be killing more rabbits than you. So I think yeah. there's that sport and best dog. So like, Hey, if you are really interested, we'll have a side conversation. And since you're, you know, out in Missouri or I don't know where you've moved um, recently, if you're still in Missouri, but we can, we can have a talk about that. Definitely. All right, guys, I'm excited to introduce the new age of accessing private property for hunting and fishing with Infinite Outdoors. I joined the Infinite Outdoors crew on a duck hunt in Colorado this fall, and the experience was unmatched. We were able to book the property right on their app, get directions to the blind, and had the whole place to ourselves, all for a super reasonable price. Infinite Outdoors has developed a unique way to combine conservation, technology, and private land access all through their U.S. built app and website. By working closely with landowners and on-staff biologists, they aim to bring you the best parts of accessing private land at the touch of a finger. They provide adventures for big game, turkeys, waterfowl, fly fishing, upland birds, small game, predators, and more. As yearly leases get more expensive and secluded public land gets harder to find, I believe this is the way of the future. 
check it out for yourself, download the Infinite Outdoors app or visit infiniteoutdoorsusa.com and use code NOMADIC15 for 15% off your annual membership of $39.99. Yeah, we might have to do that. We might... Maybe that's what we'll do is we'll just plan a rabbit hunt. I'll get you guys to come out here. You guys come out here and trail some rabbits here in the center oh, of the country. Be... And then we'll just uh, have have some conversations about, you know, <laughs> an exchange that happens while you guys are here. Maybe get a dog or two. I, I know nothing. I mean, I've been out there and I know that these dogs have it in them. But I also know that the ability to hunt with other dogs that are more advanced they pick it up way quicker. Other than that, I have no idea how to train a dog for rabbits. Um, right. But I definitely have some rabbit property out here. I mean, I can't walk through this field. If I walked out this door, first of all, I'm in a super crappy trailer right now. We bought this property. It had a trailer on it. I told my wife, hey, I'm going to set up the podcast in there so that you and the kids don't have to be quiet. And this thing is just yeah. the nastiest trailer ever. But if I walk right out this door behind me, 40 yards it's just like this tall grass that's all bent over i was pulling fence out of it the other day and i almost oh. stepped on three different rabbits i mean like what? i stepped and i looked down and i saw movement and i was like it kind of startled me i was like what is that and then it's a rabbit and i could see it and as soon as i stopped and stared at it boom it darted and it happened over and over and over and so if we had a bunch of beagles man we would we would slay out here I'm going to have to make a trip out there. Yeah, dude, bring the crew, man. Bring the OG rabbit crew. I want to see how it's done. <laughs> That's going to make a great time. Oh, yeah. So let's dive into that bear uh, hunt because you briefly brought that up. And I want to hear all about it because I have never, I've never hunted any big game animals other than mountain lions with dogs. Oh. And yeah. the mountain lion hunt was awesome, but it was all frozen ground, no snow. So it was very difficult to track. Now I know that, that bears, they leave scent a lot longer than, or a lot stronger scent than a mountain lion. So they can track bears on dry ground a lot easier. So what was yeah. that experience like? So I'll just, I'll start with the whole story of, um, you know, social media can be a pain or it can be an absolute amazing tool to connect with people. Like that's one of the reasons why I started the outdoors and color, just um, inspire people to get outside and connect with others um, anywhere and everywhere and, and, and find that like-mindedness. So um, met a guy on Facebook and, you know, I'm in a lot of NC hunting groups, um, fishing groups, and just kicked it off with this guy. He's got, you know, several kids that likes to do the same thing I do. So we've talked about getting the kids together and going fishing. He, he's from, you know, Western North Carolina, the mountains. And, We've been trying to get up and go fishing with the kids, go turkey hunting. Um, and he, you know, I noticed that he bear hunts. I was like, what, what bear hunts? Um, obviously we have a really good population of bear, um, um, in Western North Carolina, the mountains, but our, actually our better bear hunting is in Eastern North Carolina, which I think, um, he's got a couple hunting leases he's a part of. Um, so I reached out to him and said, Hey man, I gotta, I gotta get on one of these hunts. I'm like, how do you do it? It's like, yeah, we hunt with the hounds. I'm like, what? Um, so what if I want to understand a lot of the hunting in North Carolina down east? Like our bear are huge. I did not realize like our record, uh, state record came from 
Hyde County, which is a really popular duck um, hunting county and bear hunting county. I think our record, uh, state record bear was maybe 850, 860. Holy um, cow. And, dude, that's a yeah, giant black bear. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like we're we're like North Carolina is on the map for having big black bear. Um so connected with this guy, shout out Trevor. Thank you so much for having uh let me out and en- enjoy that bear hunt. But um met on Facebook and you know he gave me the details of where we be. Um literally he was like, Hey, meet me on X Road. And like literally this is out in the middle of nowhere, eastern North Carolina. Uh, a 10,000 acre hunting club that deer deer hunts with dogs and bear hunts with dogs. He's like, yeah, park here. I'm going to meet, you're going to meet my parents. And like, so it's just like, you know, pitch black. I find the meeting spot, meet his parents. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. Like, I'm kind of like, anticip- like kind of antsy, like, what is this going to be like? Like, what is, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> so I mean, his, his parents are amazing. Just down to earth, Southern good people. Um, cracking jokes, giving me banter, like don't shoot my dogs. They they kind of gave me the whole rundown of this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna let the dogs out. Um, we're gonna be like everyone that's in the hunt had a walkie. Um, it was probably about six different vehicles. You had um, my buddy Trevor, his wife. He had his three year old son. He had his two other, uh, his one of his other kids and a cousin in the car. They were like I think ten or eleven year old girls that also have killed bear in this whole scenario that I'm about to talk about. Um, So I meet the parents and they're telling me about how the dogs will strike. They have strike dogs, four or five strike dogs that will lock onto a scent. Hopefully it's a fresh scent. And then once it's a good strike or fresh track, and then maybe you can tell from how the dogs barking that it's they're on the trail of a live bear versus one from a previous night. So once that happens, um, they'll release more dogs, the younger dogs that will typically um, be able to keep up with it and catch it. Um, and then typically that bear is either going to invade and the dogs are going to surround it. And then your hunter comes up and you, you know, pull the dogs back and shoot or that that bear typically will go up in the trees. And if you're ever in eastern North Carolina, we don't have big trees. It's tall pines. And these pines are like this big they're not big at all because everything a lot of things in east north Carolina are clear cut it's very flat country so um going back to meeting the parents it's pitch black they're like hey drive down this road about half a mile turn left and just sit there i'm like okay so i get a walkie (laughs) park my car like sitting out here pitch black with my gun and just listen to everything and they're like all right we're letting the dogs out and it's getting lighter it's getting lighter here and the dog's working and working and you know just the the anxiousness of like I don't know what is about to happen, but this is awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, this, how, so how far it, away from the dogs were you? Probably a half a mile. Oh, okay. So you can hear them, but they're not like, yeah. you, you're like, dude, it could, you know, in order for them to come my way, you know, you've got a one in, I don't know, 360 chance that it's going to come in the one degree right. your direction. Yeah. So there's you know, there's three ways you definitely can kill them. The dogs can chase them across the road. Like um, so in eastern North Carolina, these big leases that hunt dogs, um, everything's cut in blocks, like you know, I would probably say quarter mile blocks. So they'll drop the dogs off in one section. And it's based on it can be based on intel from cameras. Um I, I know from what I understand they do, they bait these bears with the legal bait of peanuts and um, sweet potatoes. So You've got stand hunters that will hunt like that way, and then your your um, hound hunters will check their cameras and see if they've got a bear that came in the night before. 
and they will try to set that dog in that general location and then set up blocks of people to intercept the bear if it's going to run through or if the you know the bear's going to run for a while and then when he gets he or she gets tired it's going to um it's going to defend itself one way it's going to climb up a tree or it's going to um get surrounded by the dogs uh, so I was waiting for that to happen you know it got daybreak and the dogs didn't really find a hot track there was a couple times where um they thought they had one um so that it's just once the dogs don't find a hot truck, you're just moving around to different parcels. I mean, 10,000 acres, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so the second drop off is where I really thought it was going down. Like I had my, turned my GoPro on, the dogs are, you know, really far away. The bark was getting louder and you hear over the walk. I think they got one. I think they got one. So like, I'm, I'm just listening, listening. And these, these dogs are probably like 300 yards away. And I'm hearing them getting loud. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to hear some, some, um, like it's you, the thickness of where we're hunting is when you go in, you can't see past 20, 30 feet. It's that Dang. thing. So I'm hearing these dogs bark and I'm hearing, um, I'm on the road, um, in front of the clear cut or all of the briars and I hear them crackle. I'm like, is this is about to happen. So turn my GoPro on, um, I'm hunting with a shotgun with slugs, um, and I'm just like, it's really about to happen. And then like two minutes later, here comes another dog coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so I, I I really thought it was about to happen, but um, uh, dog came out, and just just the whole experience, um, learning from them. You know, we got to talk on video about how uh, he trains the dogs, obviously using um, using a bear um, fur to train the puppies, you know, you hide the fur, get them used to that scent. And then they do a lot of trainings during the summer, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the handlers can't bring guns, but they will um, train their, run their dogs on live bear in the, um, in the spring and summer months. And that's really how they get the younger dogs and the, you know, the puppies um, getting used to tracking this bear. Man, that just seems like such a wildlife. And I know like I know my buddy Dustin out in Utah, he's big into this. I mean, he hunts lions, he hunts bears, bobcats with his dogs. He doesn't typically shoot. Like he'll take guys out to hunt them, but he just does it for the love of the dogs. And he said the same thing. Yeah. He's like, man, there's a good chunk of the year that you can be running something. And like you said, you know, not carrying a firearm to, to shoot them or whatever, but just being out there, knowing that you are chasing after like the apex predator in the area and yeah. you're going to have a close encounter. I mean, that just, it, it's such a foreign concept to me. Like for me, it'd be the equivalent of me going to the pond and bass fishing. That's what they do, except they're running yeah. a pack of dogs and trying to catch a bear or a, a lion. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know all of his friends doing it and like it, it was a it was a family tradition like um you know you only get one bear tag they have two seasons um i believe it's second week of november and then it kicks in again so it's two weeks a season in november and then it's another two weeks a season in december and um just like you said um those dog hunters they love to chase they so they want everyone in their family to get a bear um, friends that tag along that that's their goal is to get their dogs on a bear and figure out um, and track the bear and, and find it. And I was talking to his, I think his, his niece or cousin 
10 years old had killed a 600 pound black bear at eight years old. And she was like, I was like, were you scared? She's like, nah. I just walked up to it and shot it in the head. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Shot it in the face. Yeah, that's a different breed. Yeah, like, that is a totally different breed yeah. of human. Like, oh yeah, shooting bears at that age. I mean, it just it it's it seems so foreign to me, man. Yeah, it Gosh. is. It is absolutely incredible. Our, and the way that he it, talks about, uh, go ahead. Is that a trip you're going to do again? Like, do you plan on going back this year? He's 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 um hell bent on me getting my first bear. So, um, I believe the same um bear season starts the same as their uh, as the gun opener for North Carolina, which I typically do a huge um hunt with my college buddies every year. So, I might have to you know something might have to go in the back burner for me to get a bear. But um, he's like he's he's hell bent on me getting my first bear, which I, I'm I'm hoping that happens. Yeah, man, that'd be so cool. I hope you do too. I I can't wait to see the video footage of that. I mean, to to think that you know, there's different ways to to shoot it. Like the dogs could just run it to you, like the rabbit dogs you were talking about do. Um, I mean, I can't imagine like the the feeling that you were going through in that moment when you heard the dogs coming and you heard crashing. Like, yeah, that could be a. That, 800 pound bear a 600 pound bear it doesn't matter if it's a 300 pound bear man being on the ground with a bear running towards you oh my gosh that's got to be one of the biggest adrenaline rushes you could get i pictures of the bears like he was seeing like that weekend and i'm just like i mean it was a couple 400 500 pound bear and the biggest male was like 600 plus and, and the pictures the thing is massive i'm like and like Going in before that, I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fun. But then, like, I'm literally thinking about to shoot one. I'm like, wow, I'm about to have a 600 pound bear come out of these woods. What am I gonna do? <laughs> I hope yeah. I can shoot this. Yeah, that'd be nerve wracking for sure. I I don't know what I would do in that situation. I mean, that just I I would take the safety off. I know that. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. I was ready. I was ready. But then the dog comes out. I'm like, okay. Well, we're good. We're good now. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now I went down there with rogue Texan outfitters and Landon and Brandon, the owners put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. In addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling, so if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. Yeah. What uh what else have you been up to this season? Cuz I see, I mean, I follow you on social media now after our first conversation and it's amazing, but for the listeners, like what other what other big hunts have you done this year or like how did deer season go this year? Um so deer season um every year has um I have high hopes um you know start, you know, we we are baiting um baiting is illegal in North Carolina. 
I use baiting for inventory purposes. You know, obviously there's the argument there um, of, you know, it's easier or unethical. Um, well, you know, I use it for inventory purposes to see what's out there as far as buck wise. And typically, you know, obviously throw the minerals out spring, early summer, um, just to see what's out there. And every year I'm starting to see some, some 140, 150, even some 160 plus deer on camera. And um, I'll kind of back up to uh, 2017. I aired my first, uh, not my first, but my biggest mature buck. Um, mainframe nine with two kickers, probably low 130s. I don't really, I've never scored deer, but I know if I get a, um, when I know is probably 150 plus, I'll probably officially get a score, but I killed, um, probably low third 130s, um, low one, uh, sorry, high 130s, uh, low 140s, um, mainframe nine, 2017, first day of bow season in North Carolina. Um, came out of the middle of nowhere. Um, I, not to say I'm a camera hunter, which we'll go into that, but like, you know, I was flipping through my camera. Uh, I pulled the cam card before. Um, and I was like, does, does, does. And the same group of does came in. I'm like, man, I'm killing a doe this morning. I'm, I'm cool with that. I want some meat. Um, but um, one of the does kept, you know, had, had, had some, you know, that mature doe that does that stomp and she knew what was up yep. and she ended up skirting. Um, and then a smaller buck came through and actually helped kind of distract the other deer. And then I look over my left shoulder and I see this massive buck coming over, coming up the ridge out of the swamp. And the rest is history drilled him. But to the, since 2017, I have had some really big deer that I've been after um, every year. And uh, the curse is that I have either shot a spike um, or a button buck accidentally um, with my bow. And since then, uh, so that that chase for that mature buck is still on. Um, in 2020, I arrowed shoulder shot um, what would be probably my biggest buck. Um, uh, mainframe 10, 150 inch biggest deer. Um, I really studied this deer's habits, what, when he would come in, um, even looked at moon phase for those that don't think moon phase, um, uh, but like there was a pattern. He would show up every four, fourth or fifth day, every other week. And it was like clockwork. And as soon as he daylighted, um, in the morning following a group of does, I went the third or fourth day and it came, he came in like clockwork and, I thought he was dead to rights in my mind. He was dead. And I ended up shoulder shooting, unfortunately, didn't didn't recover him. Um, that was an absolute nightmare. But uh, fast forward to um, this year, um, I had some really good potential deer, um, a split G2 11-pointer, and those deer just kicked my butt. And I ended up shooting a, another spike on the gun opener with my buddies. Um which we can kind of go through. I know Dan wants to kind of ask some questions about that, but we had a really good every year. My buddies from college um, all over. Um, I talked a little bit about it in the last podcast, but we'll do a, a gun hunt every year. And we had an absolute blast, but go ahead, Dan. I know you got some questions about what no, I just talked I, about. Listen, man, I can totally relate those, those button bucks. They just like, they'll get you, man. It happens, especially yeah. here. Here in Missouri, we've got we don't have like tiny deer, okay? There's some tiny deer in different parts of the country, but we've got decent sized deer. But growing up in Wisconsin, man, I'm used to hunting big, big bodied deer. I mean, like really big bodies. Uh, in fact, I had a buddy come up from uh, Tennessee this last year on a goose hunt. He came up to Wisconsin, and 
maybe that was two, that was two seasons ago now. Wow, time flies. Um, anyways, we're driving around, and it was funny. There was a there was a big big flock of geese, and we were driving the roads like trying to follow these geese in the air to see where they they were going to go and feed for the evening, uh, to kind of get set up yep. for the next day's hunt, and there were just deer all over the place. And he's like, dude, oh my gosh, look at how big those deer are. Those are the biggest deer I've ever seen. And I'm like, dude, that's two yearlings in a doe. Like those aren't, those are just like yeah. normal deer, right? Well, <laughs> going from hunting down here to going up there, you see a deer in the woods and it it's the size of a mature, like a fully mature deer down here in Missouri. Yeah. And wow. it's just a year old, you know? Wow. Like I, I would bet you... I would bet you every year, if not every other year, there's one or multiple button buck shot in the woods by people who same exact thing. They think it's a doe. And I mean, it is what it is. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah sure. That buck might not be around, but what are the odds that that buck's oh. going to be around anyways? Like yeah. not every hunter. buck's going to turn into a 180 inch six year old. Uh, so yeah. it's like you shoot it. Yeah. It's, it's good meat either way. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm an experienced hunter, not a professional, just love being in the woods. And, you know, I, everyone has their journey starting out, whether it's, you know, shooting your first deer or a spike. Like, you know, I love introducing new hunters, so I'm like, you shoot whatever is legal and whatever makes you happy. Um, we're all a part of a different journey when you're hunting. But right now, you know, my focus is getting that mature deer, that mature buck. And it's just, it's just ironic. Like, you, you should know telltale signs of what is – obviously, you know what a spike is, but low-light situations – me and just like you're itching to release an arrow it's your yep. you know first hunt of the season you're not seeing anything else um and you know there's telltale signs like usually when you see that first lone deer by itself it's probably a buck it's a buck but just every situation every year it's like it just evades me and i end up shooting it but they taste good and i, I guess the curse is just giving me more meat um but yeah. the saga continues 2023 i'm hoping to arrow um a big buck so we will see um and talking about that annual um hunt so every year i try to get my buddies together big solid group of buddies play college soccer together um there's a couple in the group that have never killed deer and i finally got a guy um from texas to come up and you know the plan was actually we actually barred muzzle loaders you know we had that muzzle loader season and then saturday was gun over so they came in thursday um they were supposed to come in 12 and one o'clock my buddy's flight was supposed to land at one plan was for us to be in the woods by 132 get set up get everyone set up and ready my buddy's flight gets delayed right so i get everyone set up around 2 2 30 and just wait for um uh my other buddy that was picking up um, the buddy from Texas and the flight didn't land till four o'clock. He doesn't get, we don't get to the hunting spot to about four twenty. We set the blind up exactly four thirty. I kid you not like four thirty. Um, it's right when deer start. It's, it's prime time, like that four thirty to five o'clock window. And then you have yeah. another, maybe 15 flight, like four thirty is like, you better be in the, I mean, you should have been in the woods an hour and a half ago, maybe even two hours ago. Um, so I'm like, all right, we'll just go in the woods, Reggie. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being like, it's not his fault. The flight got delayed. So like, we could have sat out and not hunted, but we wanted to be in the woods together. So we got set up in a blind and um, we're just shooting the shoot and talking about um, talking about hunting. And um, like I'm teaching them about like 
how can you tell a, a deer walking versus a squirrel walking? You know, a lot of times you, you always get tricked by a squirrel, but like you can hear that, <laughs> that fast and your deer's methodical. So I'm literally describing that. And I'm like, behind my left shoulder, I'm hearing that methodical walk. So I open the peek open the zipper door and I look. Here comes an eight pointer walking 50 yards parallel to us along this dry creek bed. And I'm literally like, I'm looking at the deer. And I'm like, how is this happening? This was 15 <laughs> minutes in the hunt, like 15 minutes. So he's got my brother's muzzle loader, and I'm like, Reggie, there's a buck. Like, there's a buck. And he's like looking out the window. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm in my blind chair. He's in his chair. And I'm like, I'm on my um my uh tippy toes, like inching out, looking at the buck. Like, all right, Reggie, he's about he's about to come out the window. So I'm like, Reggie, get your gun ready. Reggie pulls us out his gun. All right, here it comes. And then the buck literally has no knows the ground is his pretty much rut um not chasing but he was nose to the ground had no cares in the world and uh i grunt at him stop him reggie drops him never he's never shot a muzzle loader in his life never shot a rifle and drops the buck and we just like screamed we were elated it was it was an amazing time oh my she's an eight pointer man person yeah absolutely amazing that's so cool to to be with someone when they shoot their first deer. There's nothing like it. There yeah. really isn't. And I I've talked about it in the past, and I I tell friends about it all the time. I'm like, we we all advance as hunters, right? You know, like you go from uh, just getting into it to like maybe you set a, a size limit or an age limit on a deer. You might go from rifle hunting to muzzleloader to bow. You know, like you're you're tweaking things all the time. For me, it's not the end, but like one of the more advanced stages of hunting is getting new people out there. You know, you, you've got to experience it and you love it so much that you want to share that passion with other people. And I'm telling you, that's like, I got to be part of so many awesome hunts this year and so many first time hunts. Like my nephew, I got him on a nice nine point, almost the exact same story as what you're describing. Yeah. You know, we're sitting there, I'm t- talking to him. He got in late. He's His dad lives in New York, uh, but his mom, my sister, lives in Wisconsin. So he came in just for Thanksgiving and to hunt. We get out there, and it was like 30 minutes into the hunt. He goes, Uncle Dan, there's a deer. And I was like, <laughs> where? <laughs> yeah, and I look over, and here's this buck. And I'm like, dude, Aiden, that is a big buck. Like, that's a big buck. You need to shoot that yeah. deer. And it took him a while. I mean, he was shaking like a leaf. And he couldn't yeah. find it to save his life. I stopped. I grunted at that buck or I did the meh, like three different times to stop this buck. And it did each time. And he's like trying to find it in his scope. He's shaking so bad. He ends up shooting it, man. And it was just the coolest thing ever. But back yeah. to back to shooting button bucks. I got to tell this story. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. Uh, I get a call from my buddy Drew. And this was not this past season, but the season before. And he had taken a guy, Chad, out to hunt on the property that um, I hunt. And I've got sole permission on it, but I can like have my buddies out there, right? And so I told him, I was like, yeah, man, you can go out there. I'm not going to be out there today. If I get out there, it's going to be later today. And so they go out and I get a call from him. He goes, hey, you know, what's the neighbor's name south of the road? And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know them. I haven't met them yet. And he's like, oh, I just shot a doe. 
And I was like, sweet, man. Awesome. So uh, I'm like, I'll do some digging, see if I can figure out who it is or see if I can figure out how to get a hold of them. And he ended up going across the road and there were drops of blood on the road. So like he trailed this deer and he looks over and he sees it like just, I mean, literally just down the ditch. And so he just grabs it quick and drags it back and I get a call from him and he's like, Dan, I effed up. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, what, what it's got horns. And I go, oh, oh, cool. Like how big? And he's like, not big enough. Cause like we on the property, if it's somebody who's hunted for years or like some of my buddies who have done this their whole lives, we set certain size requirements or age requirements and yeah. and he's one of those guys but like same thing first time hunters you shoot whatever man like i want you to come out and have a good time shoot shoot something and we're going to celebrate well i'm like wait a minute like he called me and said that he shot a doe mm-hmm. and now it turns out it's not a doe it's a buck and i'm like how like how big is it though and he's like i mean technically it's like a nine point but it's not like a nine point that you would envision. And so he sends me a picture and this is a young, young deer. Like, yeah, I've never seen a nine point year and a half old, but like the body and everything about this just made it look like a freak. Like it started growing early or something because it was a small body deer, but it had, it had, you know, two main beams, five on one side, four on the other. All of them were only like an inch long. And the main what? beams weren't even that long. It, it, it like packed a, it just looked like you took a buck, cut all its tines off and just shrunk the rack. And, I shrunk it. and I'm like, <laughs> Drew, this is like worst case scenario, man. Like that's a killer deer for being yeah. as young as it is. Like that could have been a tank. And I yeah. was like, it's, you, you messed up. I don't know how, uh, I, I think I asked him, I was like, so walk me through this because when you call and tell someone you shot a doe and then it turns out to be a spike, a nub, I can totally understand, you know, a button back when it's got nine points, that's a hard one to sell, you know? And he's like, he's like, dude, I was, we were just slowly creeping through the woods and I saw this deer and it looked like a doe and I pulled my rifle up and he's like, the only thing I can think is that there was like brush obstructing. It's like the top of its head or like the antlers blended in with the trees in the background. But he's like, I just shot and thought a hundred percent. He's like, I literally called you and told you I just killed a doe. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you were pretty convinced. And so anyways, it, it happens. It happens to everybody, man. Uh, all the time. I've not, I have not, I've shot plenty of button bucks in my life. I have never shot something that has more than six points that I didn't already know had that many points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so your buddy got his first buck. Did, uh, what did he do? Did he get it shoulder mounted or European or? He did a from uh, out. Just nice. actually sent weeks ago he did a euro mount looks really nice um and then the gun opener on saturday he shot a doe like he's two for two and then that night it was low light and i think we were literally about to pack up my my other buddy from england was like he was flashing his light like 
200 yards away, like ready to get down. And like, we're distracted looking over. And then all of a sudden there in our logging road, there's a, there's a, I thought was a big doe and, you know, pull up with the 270. I'm like, all right, Reggie, me or you. He's like, you take it. Like Reggie could have got a third one, but I, I ended up drilling it. Sure enough, it was a spike. Should have known. <laughs> Couldn't see, like, I literally could not see the antlers. I'm like, this is a nice doe. Like, ah, it gets me every time, every year. <laughs> dude the curse man what what's your requirements there for calling it like a buck or i i don't know if they use the same terminology if it's like antlerless or antlered Antlerless, Um, if it's protruding out of the skin it's antlered oh okay yeah that's that's interesting i'm curious how many like how many variations of that rule different states have because i think in wisconsin it's like three inches the spikes have to be three inches in order for it to be an antlered deer Wow, yeah, I think if it breaks the skin and there's no, you know, it breaks the skin, then it's technically a butt. Yeah. There right. we don't have we don't have antler requirement, um, inch requirement, but as far as antlerless versus butt, um, as soon as the antler pokes through the skin, it's a butt. Okay. Do you uh are you still running trail cameras out there or do you pull them down after season? I've actually got a few. Um, I've got a few for turkey season just to see if, you know, I've got turkeys out there. Um, I am going to kind of see if, you know, bucks are still holding antlers because I want to, um, obviously anything we do hunting, we're just obsessed. Like our, our wives or your significant others, like, are you done with hunting? Like, no, we shed hunting, turkey hunting. I'm hunting and I'm scouting and I'm hunting some more. I'm always hunting. But yeah, um, I've got a few cameras out. I've, Ran five Tacticam reveals this year and a bunch of Tasco cameras. Um, I use those on game lands. Um, I am I've, I've found a hunting hole on game lands. I'm kind of letting it brew. Um, I have a camera out there that I check probably maybe twice uh, a year, and it's got some decent deer. And I'm patterning them, and every time I get some good pictures, I'm adding another Tasco cam, trying to find bedding and just kind of I'm gonna sneak attack one of these years and I'm gonna kill the bruiser. Um, but I love to use, you know, Tacticam cell cams um, and these cheap task cams you get at Walmart, like 32 bucks. They run really well. And, you know, if someone steals them, you know, there's $30 versus 100, 200 plus cameras. Um, so I highly advise using those if you, you know, hunt game lens and you're afraid of someone, you know, yanking those out. Yeah, you've, dude, me and you are cut from the same cloth, man. I have like eight different Walmart cameras, you know, like I'll, I'll, or I'll go on Amazon and find a pack where it's like five game cameras for $150. And I'm like, perfect, man, sign me up. And so I run, I run a bunch of those. And then, yeah, I think I've got, I think officially I've got six, uh, of the reveals, the reveal 2.0, I think it's called. Um, and I love them, man. There's nothing like it. I, dude, I love just sitting there and, getting a ding on my phone and I hear it and I'm like, oh, no, yeah, no matter what, no matter where I am, what I'm doing, I get that ding and I'm so pumped. The problem is, so my buddy wanted to be on the account with me, right? That uh-huh. same guy drew who shot the nine point doe. Uh, he, <laughs> he wanted to be on the account because he and I, like we hunt the property the most out of everybody. I've got yeah. other friends that come out here and there but he and I spend the bulk of our time hunting there. And so I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, Hey, also I bought, I bought a tactic cam. 
So I'm going to add that to the account. I'm like, awesome, man. It's like 10 bucks a month, whatever the, I, yeah. I don't remember what it is. And so I was like, sure. First, first yeah. yeah. So I was like, that, that sounds great. Well, then he puts it up on his property, which he's got five acres. He's had really nice deer on camera there in the past. He's seen them driving in, like literally laying next to his neighbor's sign. He's got like a old brick wall that looks like it was a sign for something at one point. And there's a buck all wow. season long that bedded right next to it. I mean, you could see it from the driveway wow. and it's a nice, it's a nice, probably 130 inch deer and just not wow. a care in the world feels so, super safe. So he puts his camera up. Well, then he started construction on his property. And so he uses his tacticam as a security camera, which is fine. The problem is, all day long, I get pictures of him walking around with a hammer or contractors <laughs> showing up. And I'm just like, I hear that ding and I get excited and no longer like you've ruined it for me, man. And you have your my, my favorite is like my wife's like, you know, the envious. Why are you smiling at your phone? Like are you and your, your chat group smiling. I'm like. A hundred percent. I'm like, listen, you got nothing to worry about with me. Yeah. If I'm if I'm sitting over here secretly looking at my phone, it's because it's me and my buddy are planning on a planning a hunt trip that you don't know about yet that I'm about to break the news to you on, or I'm looking at trail camera pictures. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I saw I saw a meme recently like that, or not a meme, uh, a little video. It may have been a TikTok, and it was like some cartoon deal where. Basically, this guy, and I I think it's weird. I think it was like a banana or something. I don't know what show it was from or who made it, but he's like in the room at night on the computer, and then all of a sudden his wife walks in, and he like looks back behind him as if she busted him looking at something bad, and then it goes yeah. to the screen, and people put like their own image in there, and it's like I saw a couple guys do it with hunting. I saw a couple guys yeah. doing it where like there's a guy on the screen holding a giant fish, and he looks all guilty <laughs> when she comes in and busts him. Caught me again. <laughs> yeah, got me again. That's it. Yeah, my wife, dude. I don't have time for another relationship, man. I got, I got too many animals to chase after. Yeah. It's what, awesome. uh, so you've got fishing coming up. You've got turkey season coming up. Uh, any any new hunts that you're going to try this year? Um, so actually, um, 2024. So I have a buddy that lives in um, Cascade, Idaho. Um, great high school buddy. I actually hunt um, his family, his parents' property um, about 45 minutes away. Um, 100 acres, like oh. I'm just going to put this out there. All the land I hunt, I hunt for free. Like I have 40, four, at least 400 acres at my disposal. Um, obviously about five or six different properties, um, all for free just through connecting with people. And they know I hunt, but like, Hey, I got some deer on my land. Anytime I hear someone say, I got some deer in my yard. I'm like, Oh, do you let me tell you what I do? <laughs> um, but uh, where was it going with that? Yeah, so really good high school buddy, best friends with, um, lives out in Idaho. Uh, worked for YWAM for a while, so youth mission trips. Yeah. Um, lives in Cascade, Idaho. And I, if anyone knows about Idaho, which I didn't realize how beautiful it was, I'm thinking Idaho potatoes, and it's like flat, and there's <laughs> potatoes, and it. But you look at the pictures, it's like Colorado. I'm like, this is amazing. So um, he is a go-getter out there. He, um Pretty much as an entrepreneur, so I was cutting boards and custom knives. Um, but he is strictly a meat hunter. I mean, if he can get, um, he get whatever he'll, he'll, you know, whatever's out there, 
He sends me huge um, still headies catching, and he'll send me mule deer in the back of his yard. Um, he elk hunts, but you know he's strictly meat. He you know, he not lives off the grid, but um, cost meat is way up there. So he will get a cow elk or whatever. Uh, I believe they're you know coming from North Carolina. Our hunting regulations are like you know a five year old can understand them, but when you go out west, like y'all's regulations are insane. So he's got. The McCall's own unit. I'm not going to say the unit, but um, just uh, you know, <laughs> just text that one to me. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll go to. But anyway, the unit is in a short range weapon, so you get to use. He uses a he uses the shotgun with slugs, um, bow or muzzleloader. Um, so he kills a cow every year, and he'll send me pictures of uh, huge bulls. Just um, not huge bulls, just small ones, just for the for the viewers. They're not big; yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Just small. Yeah, and but anyway. You said it was pictures. in Colorado, right? Yeah, northern yeah, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Take it on But uh, anyways, he'll kill a cow elk every year. Um, he does black bear hunts. There's wolves out there, but I don't think he hunts those. Um, they don't hunt south there, but he is true outdoorsman. And I'm like every year, I'm like, honey, we got to go out there. So 2024, um, don't have exact dates, but the plan is to take the whole family out there, stay with them, and do some backcountry elk hunting. So it is team get fit um i am on my mission to lose 30 pounds lost 12 so far um so i'm wanting to get fit and be the my best self uh, when i'm out there in the woods obviously for my family and life in general be healthy it's very important um but when i go hunting and for elk i don't want to get my ass kicked and i want to be able to make it day one yeah that's uh, that's a good goal man if yeah, if you can make it a few days into the hunt, your your odds go way up. The odds of going out there and making it happen day one uh, are slim. But you're right, man. Getting in shape, like physically, mentally, I don't know if you've got a good trainer or if you've got a meal plan or what you're doing. But if not, I've got a guy that you need to talk to. My buddy Thomas, he's like – I always joke with him. I'm like, dude, you're like the black Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just like just... – <laughs> I think I saw the video today. He's guy's massive. Oh yeah, I was like, you know what? We could probably make some really funny content that would go go really viral if in every video of us working out, like you're helping my wife, you're like spotting her, and I'm standing in the back, like barely curling any weight. Uh he's like, that'd be funny. But uh yeah, he's dude, he does meal meal plans and uh workout plans and he I don't wanna I don't wanna discredit him at all, but I'm like back to 10 pounds lighter than I started with him. I had lost almost 40 pounds in a couple months with him. And, and then I started drinking a lot of energy drinks and eating whatever I wanted. I just like food, man. It's hard. It's hard. I used to say all the time, like I'd rather die young, having enjoyed every meal than live to 99 years old and eating, you know, kale salad. Yeah. Once I do that. No, but dude, that's awesome, man. That's exciting. I mean, that's a big trip to look forward to and just be ready. Once you go once, man, you're going to want to do it every year. So you better be prepared for that. Absolutely. man. I'm, I'm absolutely excited. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to dive into a bunch of different hunts this year, man. I've been, I've been super fortunate to be able to hunt a bunch of different things, things that I never would have thought, but I think after our first conversation, I started getting really excited about like hunting deer with hounds. Like I want to try it. I've never done it. I know there's a stigma around it, but like 
I, I don't ever want to discredit something or like form a strong opinion about it until I actually know. And, uh, a guy, I think it was last week was like, dude, you should come down to Florida and hound hunt for deer. And I was like, Florida say no more. My wife, yeah. like that's a hunt. That's a hunt. She will get on board for all day long. Hey babe, we're going to Florida. You're going to hang out on the what? beach. I'm going to go hunt. Dude, she would, I could spend nine months out of the year hunting if she got to be in Florida on the beach. Yeah. So. If you ever want to um, connect with my guy that, you know, he, he does um, bear hunting with the hounds, but he, his club does deer dogs. So if you ever want to, you know, invites out there, I can connect and we can plan that out. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So, all right, we've got this figured out. You're going to come out here. We're going to kill a bunch of of rabbits with beagles i'll come out there we'll go chase after bear and deer with hounds and then we'll connect out west once you get a couple seasons under your belt and you're hooked no you know what once you get one season under your belt and you're like dude i'm doing this every year then we'll start hunting the west together and it'll be it'll be awesome let's do it well sweet man i don't want to i don't want to take up a ton of your night but for for the listeners where can people find you where can they follow along because i'm telling everybody it's awesome content every time it pops up on my page i get excited i i watch your videos and it's it's fun to keep up with and follow along um you can find me on instagram the outdoors in color underscore um the outdoors in color on tiktok outdoors in color on facebook and youtube so we try to push a video um on youtube um Every week, every Saturday or Sunday, um, either fishing or hunting content. That's pretty much what we're doing. Family based. Um, want to inspire new hunters to get outside. Um, my goal for 2023 is to mentor 10 anglers or, or hunters. Um, I've already got two under my belt that I'm trying to get out. Um, actually, rabbit hunting next Monday. I'm going to bring a new buddy out. Um, and then um, just want to inspire others through my passion through hunting and fishing want to inspire um, families to get out with their kids and enjoy the great outdoors. That's my number one mission. Get more people outside, man. You're killing it at it. I love, I love seeing it. I love seeing all the kids in the pictures. I love seeing you out there with different people all the time. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really awesome thing for people to do. If, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, man, I, you know, have become kind of stagnant in my hunting or I don't know what's next, get new people out there. Cause I'm telling you, it's a whole different level of accomplishment and you just, there's no better feeling than helping other people get into the sport that you love. And especially when you can be with them when they find success. So dude, thanks Absolutely. a ton, man. We're going to, we're going to keep this rolling, dude. We'll just have to hop on a couple times a year and connect and see how the hunts go. And who knows, maybe soon we'll be doing a podcast live together after a hunt. Oh yeah, man. Looking forward to that. Thank you for having me.